0: Uh, yeah, did you guys do anything fun last night after the show? I just kind of Uh, lost lost track of you after, uh...
1: No, we just went some... We went home. My kids were both, you know, they were home alone. I mean, you know, not that they're not old enough to be home alone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Great visual for the podcast. Exactly. That was the sound of him doing the Macaulay Culkin pose. I'm sure they guessed that. No,
0: I'm sorry. I'm old school. That was me doing, uh, Edvard Munch's The Scream.
1: Oh, God. Gotcha. And for Home Alone, um, yeah, no, just we we just went uh, went home and uh, watched uh, Who. I've been um, I've been catching up on some Capaldi because I oh, okay. I had seen none, right. so we're about uh, we're about halfway through the season, I think. So I still have no idea what's going on with Heaven uh, uh, or ooh, the afterlife.
0: Heaven is a place on Earth.
1: Um, yeah, I, I've heard that um, Debbie Gibson told me that. Yeah. Uh, or Deborah Gibson? How Deborah. She?
0: I think she was Debbie then. We can. Yeah. Um
1: yeah yeah so I, I think we got to the one where um you know the doctor meets her boyfriend and, and the Oh right. Yeah. The, um
0: what's his name? I forgot his name. Mr. His name. Yeah. Mr. The, Pink.
1: The gym teacher. Yeah, exactly. Um
0: not to be confused with uh Reservoir Dogs.
1: Exactly. Steve Although, Buscemi that would be a great mashup. Uh, yeah, Mr. Pink is Mr. Pink. Yeah, so it's good. I mean, I, wobbly, I like the probably... timey-wimey, motherfucking shit. So I'd seen the Christmas episode here right. on Christmas, and then... Um... I, uh, yeah, so we finally got around to catching up with Capaldi. And I, I, I dig him. I like him as, as a Doctor. I like Capaldi a lot. I like Clara with Capaldi way more yeah. than I like Clara with Max Well, Smith. one
0: of my problems with most of, uh, most of the, the, the recent incarnation of the Doctor, going back to, I guess, not really Eccleston as much, but there's always been kind of a weird sexual chemistry going on mm-hmm. between him and his companions, or at least his female companions, and um, Captain Jack, <laughs> and, and which I don't like. Well, let's like be honest. Because, everyone has sexual chemistry yeah. with Captain Jack. That is his pow- One of his powers, yeah. but um, he's the I Star never... Fox of uh, the Who universe. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great na- analogy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just always, you know, I always thought it was kind of weird for you know, nine hundred ish year old man to be, you know, even feigning attraction with. Uh, you know the twenty-two-year-old Billy Piper. You know, no matter how attractive she might be, she's twenty-two and she's an Earthling, so she's stupid. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was glad to see an older, more avuncular role. Uh, with you know, so there's not the sexual chemistry, and I, I've actually like they've they've made a made the uh, a couple of times. There's one of the episodes where he actually says he has no idea what physical attraction is, and he like is guessing who's the attractive one in this group of people
1: yeah i like that he um he does reference to previous doctors a lot like you know when they're doing a little mind sweep when they're breaking into that bank uh you know he's he rattles off like long scarf bow tie like he you know he 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 references those and he actually brought river up recently and uh yeah i like when there's a lot of respect but i I think that um he encapsulates that uh that contempt for humanity like how everyone's kind of dumb around him um he he gets that well really good um Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, and there are certain kind of archetypes within the doctors, and mm -hmm. I think he goes back to the classic kind of Bill Hartnell, uh, Colin Baker, Mm -hmm. you know, cranky older, you know, where he's he's cranky and contemptuous with a heart of gold kind of, and I really like that.
1: Yeah, no, I I like him. I like him a lot. So yeah, digging some Capaldi, uh, and that's what we did. We watched another. We watched the one with the uh, yeah, where she meets, where he meets Mister Pink, and uh, and that weird, uh, you know. Battle Pod thing is is walking around the school and all oh, right they're trying to lure it into another dimension. Um, and her boyfriend finds out about the doctor and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was well played. I mean, I like him. Um, yeah, yeah, he's uh he's not a tin dog. I like her boyfriend. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not Mickey, uh, who was essentially the tin dog. You know, right? As uh, he's no,
0: I like I like him. They do some interesting things with him. Um, try not to spoil anything. Oh,
1: that's but, cool. Uh, no, I mean, I, as far as you he's know, he's a sled. I liked, uh, I liked, um, Rory a lot. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I really didn't like Amy until Rory. And like, I like Rory more than I like Amy. And I, and I because, uh, he, uh, he was, he wasn't Mickey, I guess, you know? Right. And I think that, um. So you're
0: saying Mickey wasn't so fun.
1: No, no, he did not blow my mind. Um, yeah, I really, <laughs> I really like that he's, uh, that he's smart like Rory was, you know, when, right. when Rory would, would, uh, would, would kind of figure stuff out. He's like, oh, it must be some kind of miniaturization, Ray. It's like, well, how'd you know that? Well, because we're smaller and there was a Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Do yeah. the math. All right, should we uh, tell people who we are? Uh, oh, right.
0: Who are we? Um, I forget. Uh, welcome to the Cult of Popture, episode 58. I want to say... All right. Then if say it. It, if it, it feels, feels like, right, yeah. It feels like two twenty nines. I
1: think that we just need to acknowledge that this episode identifies as 58, and you need to respect <laughs> that it is... You need to treat you, it as episode
0: need to treat 58. treat it as a 58. It might be a 59 or a 57, but that's not for you to decide. Yeah, I, I don't get to... Um, I identify as a negative Steve, and... Uh, I identify as Jay Gonzo. You do. I don't always identify you as no, Jay no, Gonzo. No, no, you don't. But, you you uh, still call we, me. We, we've discussed that... Uh, late for dinner
1: no no um what i can't call think of, you call, I can't, you, call I think you by of, your slave uh, name oh uh, you can still call me bruce <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> that was the word i was looking for i couldn't like i could think it was caitlin because I'm, I'm so oh, respectful no. i just want to point out how respectful i am that i forgot that bruce ever existed that's uh i threw out all my weedies. um yeah and uh, all of my dove walking shorts um Which there's a dude who I work out at the gym I work out with who still has those. They're Dove, right? They're the brand that makes those really high cut, like speed walking shorts. Oh, Jesus. Why would you think I would know a fashion Uh, brand? How long have you known me? Why would you think that was fashion? (laughs) (laughs) That is anti fashion, if ever there was. Okay.
0: Anti fashion was a song by Social Distortion. Mm,
1: Bad Social Distortion?
0: Good. No, it was good Social Distortion. That was off Mommy's Little Monsters. Okay.
1: Then I'll Um, give that. I'll, I'll allow it.
0: Dude, dude, that we were watching last night reminded me a little bit of Social Distortion, but yeah, maybe he, it was just the tattoos. No,
1: he had a Mike who was the voice uh-huh. and the the kind of this the downtrodden. Uh, I'm going to talk about whiskey and women leaving right. me, and whiskey leaving me, and you know.
0: Uh, so last night we both uh, went to go see the Altercation Punk tour comedy tour at yeah. Third Space. We did with um, J T Habershan?
1: Habernashi. I don't know
0: Haber something. Um, Mishka Shubali, Shubali, yep, and Ron Babcock, Rob, Rob? no, Rob. it was Ron. Oh, it
1: was you're right, Ron, Ron, Babcock. Ron
0: Babcock. Ron Babcock, don't correct me. How uh, dare you? I'm sorry. Um, don't hit me again. <laughs> still, um, oh, and, and, and and several. I locals. totally was
1: right. It was Dove. It okay. was the brand of those shorts.
0: So I know the names of comedians, and you know the names of shorts. I do. I think that's, I, I that's equitable.
1: A, I know high-cut shorts from the 80s, the, the Jazzercise shorts that uh, Best from 20-Minute Workout was wearing.
0: I know Kung Fu. Yeah. No, Mr. Reeves, once again, you do not know Kung Fu. <laughs> when in doubt, quote Celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so that was a, a fun time. It was uh, the Altercation Punk Tour is... Uh, Two guys two two comedians and a comedian and slash <laughs> sorry. Comedian slash guitarist who uh have some I'm gonna of say, them
1: uh, monologist.
0: Monologist, okay. Slash
1: musician. Monologist.
0: Do, 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 do. Um yeah, so they're they're kind of doing a, a do it yourself tour around the southwest, just showing up and performing at smaller venues and for you know, for for tips and merch. You know, hoping to make enough, sell enough tips and merch to uh, to make it to the next venue.
1: Yeah, sell enough uh, tips and merch for hookers and blow. Yeah,
0: exactly. Supply, supply us with gas and whiskey. Um,
1: yeah, it reminded me they had a very. Uh, speaking of Mike Ness, it, it had a very another state of mind kind of. Vibe yeah, to it was, it, yeah, it, it was you
0: know, a... we're going to get in a van and we're going to travel. It yeah, was, yeah. you because know, it's called the Altercation Punk, and it just it really does remind me of earlier era, you know, punk stuff. Yeah, the, you know, Henry Rollins get in the van. Yeah. And I like that uh, JT last name, un- uh, unpronounceable. Uh, a
1: turnstile.
0: Uh, JT Turnstile. <laughs> um, you know, started off telling the story, was telling the story about Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah, he dropped in a couple of good. Uh, you know, there was some Joy Division ref. There was, you know, Gigi Allen ref and, uh, and the
0: Mr. Fitz.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there was there was a lot of a lot of good uh, obscure, uh, well not obscure, but just off the beaten path. Right, kind of older. Yeah, older yeah. hardcore references for, for us over his, 40 that were in the audience, in comedy, which didn't get bracketed in when he was calling out age groups. You know, he had the under 25 right. his season is 30, so he doesn't think about anyone being older right. than him.
0: Well, no, because you know, once you hit 40, you're dead pretty
1: much. Uh, renew, oh well, no, that was I steady. don't know about you, but I'm in my prime. Um, that was the quote from I, Stone. Oh, okay, was uh, when he, they asked uh, when Ringo asked Doc Holliday, if he what about you, Are you retired? No. <laughs> nah, I'm in my prime, I haven't hit my prime yet. I'll let yeah. you know. Oh, 27 was the number. Yeah, there it was. When's the next prime number you're coming up on?
0: Um, what 47? Is 47 a prime number?
1: I don't know. I believe know. so. I'm yeah. not that nerdy. All
0: right. It's not nerdy. It's just math. Yeah, comedy show, good. Comedy show, good. It was fun. Um, I, I had a show on Friday. I was supposed to be performing at the Locals Only Show at the Taffy Room at Stand Up Scottsdale. Pleased to announce that uh, 100% of the audience was there to see me. <laughs> Uh, both, both Serena them, and yeah. Allison. <laughs> so, uh, because there were two people in the audience, they canceled the show. But as a um, as 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 a consolation prize, I ended up going to First Friday, and uh, Steve and Jamie gave me time on uh, the London stage.
1: Are they booking that show now?
0: Yeah. Well, they've always booked that show. The London one. The Gnome okay. one. The First Friday. One. I love
1: having meetings about this
0: um, right now. Yeah. No, they've yeah. That's their that's their baby. I guess they're actually. Um, they're doing some. They're doing some work with the lawn gnome. He was telling us some of his plans. He's planning on, uh, you know, putting in actual like theater seats and making improvements to the stage and actually making it, you know, more livable and comfortable than uh, you would think from a backyard filled with mismatched chairs. Uh, the other fun thing was that they had a an actual like old school funk band that was performing right before the comedy show.
1: Was it Parliament?
0: It was not Parliament. That I, I, when, was the OJs. As I was, it wasn't an actual. It was, uh, I mean, all of like twenty somethings. But uh, I mean, as I was as I was walking up, they were playing the Parliament song. Ah, uh, so
1: and it was, was just Neo nice to actually see, band.
0: yeah, Neo. But they played old school funk. Sorry. Oh,
1: nice. Did they play the OJs? Uh,
0: not the, not while I was there. I only saw like the last couple of songs. But it was nice to actually see like a, a band of twenty somethings with a horn section. Her. Not oh, just a nice. guy with a
1: horn, but an actual section. Not playing shitty ska punk music. No, they oh, were playing fantastic. like
0: genuine funk. All right, I think uh, I they want that. the funk. Better have that funk. Oh, yeah, nice. And then I saw the last 15 minutes of the of a new show that is going on. I guess it's going to be every first Friday at the Film Bar, which is because um, we need more going on. Videology dot x y or youtubery which is uh, user submitted YouTube videos with live comedians and improv- uh, improvisers um, mocking them in real time.
1: So it's like a MST three thousand light, like yeah, the, the Cliff exactly. Notes version of a MST three thousand. It was, I
0: guess, they had a, like a series of videos that were planned, and then during the show, they asked people to send them send them YouTube videos via Twitter, and then so kind they of live, like the Switch
1: of, meets MST. T three K. Yeah,
0: kind of with nah. a video with a with a. I'm just
1: gonna draw analogies to everything because I don't want anything new in my life. You're gonna
0: draw every, analogies to everything like that character from.
1: Yes. Well, didn't actually well, have the. Will played sir. <laughs> Look, there are two types of people in this. Well world. played clerks, uh, those who believe in false dichotomies. All right, uh, I'm just gonna get get some energy level. I need to get fucking moving on this thing, man. I'm I'm gonna fall asleep listening to. Oh, okay. You. No, just with, let's uh let's, let's bring up the energy let's level. Bring. Woo! Well, maybe not that much. That was. <laughs> right. I'm, going, I'm going back to napping. Anything else you do this week besides the? I'm oh, um, sorry. So the show.
0: Was, how was that show? That show was. I mean, the last 15 minutes were fun. Uh, right. It was. I'm a, assuming
1: the first 45 were shit.
0: Probably. But okay. Because what? You know, what's the point of having a show if I'm not there?
1: All
0: right. uh, hosted by uh, Jose Gonzalez from The Torch, and um, there's another Gonzalez doing comedy. This is
1: why I do Gonzo. Yeah. He could. He legitimately could be you doing mean, Gonzo as well. Are you surprised that there you could, are not? You are not the only uh, Gonzalez in Phoenix. I think that there can be only one, <coughs> and that I'm going to have to take his head and rape. His woman before his blood was even cold that's a highlander um, reference
0: yeah uh to, I've, I've met his woman she's very that's, nice uh
1: clancy brown as the kerrigan Clancy brown as the kerrigan yeah the kerrigan's the fucking best
0: went on to be uh rio in uh was rio in, in adventures buckaroo bonsai i think it was rio. oh yeah reno
1: yes i don't remember um, reno. i just remember handsome johnny right or yeah uh and uh and buckaroo and buckaroo
0: and Jersey
1: uh, And John Big Booty
0: And John Big Boutte
1: <laughs> Well done I'm Setting you up I for that I Just lob it over the uh, Lob yeah. it over home plate So is yeah there so that... is, there any, is there a DVD version? Is there a, a um, Blu-ray version of, of Buckaroo Bons uh, Probably
0: I, I mean I still have the DVD I, don't, I haven't upgraded The but, upgraded uh, DVD well, I, I've I upgraded still, to Blu-ray I but... still have the
1: disc. That's all well, Of course all I'm do. yeah. Criterion collection. Baby.
0: Well, what's the matter? Eight millimeter not good enough for you? Uh,
1: they didn't do an eight millimeter print. They did Super a, eight. They did a uh, they did a 16 millimeter print, and I my 16's a little, uh, the spokes aren't as great as I'd like them to be. They tend to skip a lot. I don't have enough
0: room for 16. I can only do 14 millimeter prints. Yeah,
1: there you go. Um, yeah, 14, 16, 15, whatever it takes. <laughs>
0: exactly. I'm
1: flexible. Uh, yeah. 220, 225. I'm
0: 14 millimeters,
1: but I identify as 16 yeah. millimeters. <laughs> I identify as thirty-five Panavision. Um, have you seen all those movies that are coming out that are in like the the extra wide, like Cinescope kind of um, like uh, Hateful Eight is, and there's another movie. Oh that well, because I think he's actually filmed, didn't he actually film Hateful Eight in thirty-five or? Uh, yeah, you know, he filmed it in whatever that uh, Cinescope or right. Panavision or one of those. Uh, it's not even you know, sixteen around. by nine. Yeah, it's Tingler it's like, Vision. Like, uh, Cinescope was the one that, that actually curved a bit, right? There was like it came out so you much. You
0: have gone beyond my Your uh, film nerddom. My film nerddom.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. As most of my film um, has
0: been on VHS, but so.
1: I love uh, I love westerns in that old Cinescope and Pioneer right. Vision. Like I love watching the, that opening scene from The Searchers. You know, like it just all of that uh, that great. Uh, you know, western to me should always be framed like. Three fourth sky and one fourth ground at the bottom. Well, yeah. I've
0: like, and you know how how and why that 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 format was originally invented. I don't. It was a big fuck you to television.
1: Oh yeah, because they couldn't do it.
0: Because they couldn't do. It's yeah. like yeah, oh, people are gonna stay home and watch television.
1: They're gonna miss a third of the picture. There's some great. Uh, there's a great painting in uh, the Phoenix Art Museum uh, that is the anti Western, but it's done by a Western artist. So uh, I, you've probably seen it. I don't know. Have you been to the Phoenix Art Museum uh, in the past yeah. decade? Okay, Once so the their uh their western section right they've got some very um they've got some really cool western art there that's not it's not all trying to be you know georgie o'keefe you know right. uh or any uh, if not but that's like south anyway but there's a lot of like and it's a lot of sky like a lot of puffy clouds a lot of uh, you know a uh, l- lot of uh, tangerines and pinks in the clouds you know that sort of thing but there's one that is uh, it's three-quarter ground that's been tilled like the earth has been tilled and so it's just like random pieces of hay in like this field of brown and this little tiny sliver of sky. It literally nice. is is taken the format of, of uh Western painting and flipped it to where there's, it's not bucolic at all. It's just dirt with like straw and rock and so this tiny sliver of sky. It's an Eastern painting. Uh, I guess so. Would that be the opposite? I suppose. Um, it, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, Bizarro the, Western? Um, I guess Bizarro Western. There's a fucking... There's the movie we need to make. The Bizarro Western. Bizarro Western, Western. Yeah. I love uh, I I love movies that are aware of their tropes and then go against them.
0: I believe they've made the bizarro western. They call it uh, the Terror of Tiny Town.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna go with Unforgiven, but
0: Uh, yeah, Unforgiven or or, um, Django. Yeah. Or um, well, no, because
1: I think Django. Because to me, um, actually, the bizarro western would be Serenity. I guess so. Well, well, to me, I, I love when a, when a movie takes uh, takes the trope of a kind of movie that it is and completely flips it on its head. Like, you take something like um, Unforgiven. It's a Western. Right. Um, and it's usually uh, usually their redemption stories where right. someone goes from being, like, kind of bad and turns out to be good or whatever. Uh, and it takes a, uh, a man who's turned his life around and then forces him into a situation where he indulges in his most violent behavior. Uh, and you take a movie where killing is kind of... Um, Fast and loose, kind of like you know, people die kind of willy nilly. You didn't really get to know them, and it makes you care, or it, it gets you deeply, intimately involved in everyone in there. And like two people die, I guess. I mean, well, right. you know that you know. I guess more people do die, but it, uh, but it makes every death have impact. Uh, you know, people run out of bullets. It takes all of the tropes of the western and, and, and inverts them, and and that's kind of why we feel it's uh you know end of the west western. I right. guess and maybe not anti western.
0: And there is a duck of death. There's a
1: duck of death.
0: Yeah. That one. was one of the running... Uh, Richard Harris shows up, and he's the Duke of Death. Oh, the, that's right. They're semi-literate. So Duck of Death?
1: That's right. I forgot Richard Harris is in that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, um, you know... You, what, you thought he was still in MacArthur Perk? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I left my cake out in the rain. Um, <laughs> sorry, and that's going to be stuck in my head for fucking You're ever. welcome. It took so long to bake it. <laughs> I don't think I can take it. Um, yeah, yeah, so... Uh, how did we get on talking about inverting? uh oh, we talked about oh, westerns. No, we, like talked about, bizarro
0: westerns. Uh, know, we talked about bizarre westerns. Speaking painting. of inverting, the uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, cult movies that, that no one shares with, was uh, a, a turn on the gangster film. Uh, a little film starring Mr. Scott Vincent Bayo and Jodie Foster. Oh, was it called, called Bugsy? Uh, Bugsy Malone? Bugsy
1: Malone, yeah, with the cream pies,
0: was, which was directed by Alan Parker, who did um, The
1: Wall. Oh yeah, that guy did all kinds of weird he, shit. Basically, my, my friend uh, Jason
0: used to describe any <laughs> Alan Parker movie as "What the fuck is about to happen? Holy shit, that just happened!"
1: Yeah. I'm gonna look that up right now because I know that guy's done a ton of stuff. Alan Parker, yeah. yeah my mother did, um, uh, hated that fucking movie, and it was one of those Bugsy Malone. It was one of those, yeah. It was one of those channel. It was like Jodie Foster, Jodie Foster, and, and, and Scott, Scott Vincent Bayo, yeah. And, uh, and
0: and it was yeah, it was it was a gang like a 20s era gangster film, but it was all done with kids, you know, like teen, uh, young teenagers in the main parts. And so like, and, and instead of anytime there was a car, they would it would be a pedal car. And the final gun battle was all done where they're firing cream puffs at one another. Yeah,
1: they had like these weird cream puff shooting guns. So it it it
0: it's just this this gloriously crazy recontextualized thing with uh, random musical numbers every so often oh, because that's right. of course it did. You can't have because that many it kids together years, without a musical number. Yeah, it was must have been yeah because they didn't. Scott Bayo kind of uh, wasn't a thing between Happy Days and yeah. Charles in Charge.
1: Oh, uh, well, he did Zapped, right? Oh, okay. Uh, That's a thing. Yeah, Zapped is a thing. There's there's another great Channel 9 movie. It's up there with the uh, the Pom Pom Girls. He wasn't, those, in, he wasn't in You really gonna let the Pom Pom Girls go by? I don't know I don't, oh, the Pom Pom
0: yeah. Girls. It's fine. I'm assuming it's about cheerleaders?
1: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's uh, one of the Carradine brothers. Uh, it's kind of teenagers run amok. Kind of those, remember the 70s? They like, had right. the great uh, like Kids Are Out of Control movies, like uh, Over the Edge and, and Pom Pom. I mean, Pom Pom Girls was fun. More fun over the edge was, was definitely more. Uh, See, we need the, the untouchable
0: pom pom girls, like a gritty urban kind of showing the dark underbelly of the, uh, of the
1: of the pom pom girl society. Yeah,
0: with Richard Harris as the Palm of Death.
1: It was yeah, that was just one of those Channel Nine movies that was always on, and and my mother fucking hated little kids as gangsters with this weird allegorical like oh everyone gets hit with cream puffs, but it's like a massacre, you right. know. Uh, really strange stuff.
0: And Channel 9 movies were inherently inferior to uh, Channel 5, 11, and 13 movies for some reason.
1: Yeah, I And mean, they were 9, all the okay. indie
0: films, the, the, all the indie stations in LA, but Channel 9 was always like the bottom barrel for some reason.
1: Uh, Channel 9 is where I think like Billy Joe Bob Briggs got all of right. his fucking... Wasn't well,
0: uh, Channel 9 the one that would just show Slithis every week? Slithis? I or, think it was Slithis.
1: Or are you thinking of s- yeah. Yeah. With uh, with Dirk, Dirk Benedict. Benedict. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, where he gets turned into a snake. Yeah, he showed that. And frogs. Uh, Channel, uh Channel 9, uh, you know, like Food of the Gods, you know. Uh, yeah, Channel 9 had some great, like, afternoon theater on the weekends. And it right. also on Sundays had. Elvira followed by Kung Fu Theater. Okay. Which was fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, it had some good stuff. You know, Channel uh, 5 if had If they uh, only
0: ever just combined the two into Elvira doing Kung Fu Theater. That would have
1: fantastic. Well, it was always a great... Um, I, tried, I think that's the one... That's where I first saw, like, uh, 36, 36 Chamber and uh, Master okay. of the Guillotine and the One-Armed Swordsman. Um, yeah, and, you know, it just... It had a, a you know, a real low-rent, like, we're just, you know, like, we got 50 bucks, we can buy it was, uh, the Incredible Melting Man and put that on.
0: It was almost entirely the uh, the the station from UHF. Yeah, Except yeah. it wasn't actually a UHF station.
1: Yeah, it was like right, uh, it was UHF station adjacent, right? It wasn't Channel... channel uh, no, no, it was... Uh,
0: channel 13 was the last
1: yeah, of uh, yeah. the VHF. 13 had some shit on it, too. 13 and 11, but the 11 became Fox when, like, we were in high school, yeah. and then... Um, but five had, uh, five, know, five had, had, had your family Tri- theater. Uh, five,
0: five had the Star Trek reruns. So. That's right, and then Twilight the, uh, Zone.
1: It had Tom Hatton. Tom Hatton doing Popeye cartoons, and
0: then the and, family and
1: film theater.
0: Yeah, Popeye, Popeye cartoons, little rascal. I believe he is. I think we looked him up on a previous episode. I think episode. we have. I'm
1: still looking. I still want to know if Tom Hatton is alive. He okay. still
0: has that hat. It is now <laughs> surgically fused to his body. Uh,
1: he's in Spies Like Us. I always forget that. Oh, uh, really? Tom Hatton is in Spies. I haven't yeah. seen that. In, he's in one of the generals that comes down to see the, uh, the, the uh, missile defense thing work but I think he might yeah he might have been one of the people who was making it not work so okay. that they could, wasn't yeah. he a, he was a naval guy wasn't he uh, I, I think you're just thinking that he was a homosexual and maybe that was or a no. I <laughs> haven't
0: <laughs> seen Tom Hatton in as, since I've known what a homosexual was so <laughs> I had no opinions
1: at the time I, 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 think, he, I think he might be closeted gay guy okay. uh, if I'm not mistaken uh, yeah he was he was in, uh, he is still alive. His birthday's coming up. Uh, he's going to be 192. Uh, 90, I want to say. Okay, so no, no, I was no, only no. 180, uh, 89. Let's see, 1926. What is that?
0: 1926 it... would be 89.
1: Yeah, he's going to be 89 in November.
0: Graphic artists and math. What are yeah, you do you do? Yeah,
1: we don't get, get along well. Yeah. Um, Tom Hatton. That guy was. That was such a huge part of my. Because uh, they used to show. In addition, they used to show the old. Black and white Popeyes. They didn't show yeah. the, the new color where, you know, everyone kind of gets along and Sweet Pea was. I mean, they had the old, like, you know, Alice the Right. Uh, weird fucking, you know, Popeyes, um, where they had the, uh, the original ones had the um, uh, diorama backgrounds. They built on uh, circles. And so when someone would walk, they would actually, they would advance the... Um, they would advance the circle a little bit, and then they put the new acetate oh, frame okay. in. There. So they, they actually like the the characters lived on these uh, like dioramas, the actual physically built dioramas. Um, yeah, it was pretty ingenious. I mean, like back when uh, Walt was inventing the multiplane camera, the the, the studio that did um, that did Popeye cartoons, which I I'm trying to remember. Like, but Ralph actually started there too, oh. uh, and I, I can't remember what the name of that studio was. But yeah, they had these weird, uh, like they were huge, like three foot in diameter. Dioramas that were built like sand and pebbles, and so when walking down the beach, they would just—it it, was—it was notched so that. They knew for every frame would match up with like a footstep or what have you.
0: I feel Popeye is a franchise that is ripe to make a comeback. It's kind I've of been on the really decline. some really cool
1: since... fan 3D stuff. Like they had a they had a, a proof of concept thing. I thought they were going to make Did a 3D they? movie, and it actually I... looked pretty decent. Way better than that fucking Peanuts debacle that's coming out that I'm oh, boycotting. Yeah. That looks horrible. Yeah, yeah. There um, are uh, better
0: or worse than the Robin Williams movie.
1: There are three good Peanuts movies that exist. that We don't need any more. We got the Great Pumpkin we got Christmas, and we've got the camp one. And that's all that really needs to happen. No, the and, one where he gets, where the no dogs allowed, where he's trying to find the, or Snoopy disappears. Oh, right,
0: the Snoopy Go Home?
1: Yeah, yeah, Snoopy Go Home is awesome. There was a, so a
0: fantastic student film that came out of USC around the time I was in college that was called Bring Me the Head of uh, Charlie Brown. Nice. And the great pumpkin comes down comes down to earth and puts a bounty on Charlie Brown's head. So all of the kids go out, and uh, Charlie Brown ends up like, you know, having like the the headband and, and uh, gun montage like in Rambo, and has yeah. to blow away
1: all of his friends who are trying to collect the bounty. Nice. Um, yeah, I loved. Um, not loved. I mean, it was probably uh, when. Uh, when Charles Schultz died, they did that full page ad. I loved it when Charles Schultz died. Uh, where they had Charlie Brown it said good grief and they just crossed off the good. You know, it was like a full page ad with just him and yeah, good shit. Um, let's see here. I don't know who did the cartoon. King features. King features, that's right. Yeah. Well that's
0: because really, yeah. they aren't they the ones that do all the stuff the dynamite is now uh, pillaging. Yeah I don't the know the why. Phantom uh, and Mandrake and
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know who owns Well Phantom oh. and Man I think they're public domain now, all that King okay. Features stuff. Some of those things, you know, like, um, what's it called, gets cleaved off, uh, like Felix the Cat always right. ends up with a home, and you know, but Coco the, the Clown, you can, you know, I think, did Coco, no, Betty Boop and Coco lived in the same world, but I think you can, like, Coco is... I
0: don't know who's involved in the Boopiverse these days.
1: <laughs> did you see the uh, Betty Boop live action thing that Rose McGowan did? No. Oh, man, it's fucking
0: crazy. Really? Okay, I'll have to look for that.
1: She, like, gets hit in the head with a shovel and, like, swells her head and makes her kind of dumb. You know, it's like, it's kind of, it's, it's real. Uh, it, it, it unravels some undercurrents, uh, some subtext of Betty Boop you didn't realize was there. And, and It, like, oh, it no. amazes
0: me the, the recurring popularity of Betty Boop as an icon, despite the fact that she hasn't done anything since, um, I'm going to say, Roger Rabbit.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, she was in. There was. She, a,
1: did she do Robert, Roger Rabbit? She was
0: in Roger oh, okay. Rabbit.
1: Well, oh, Roger, Roger Rabbit wasn't in her.
0: Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe yeah, the sorry. sequel. Yeah, there we go. Well, there was a. Um, there was an animated show on. I forget if it was Cartoon Network or Comedy Central, where it was basically an animated reality show about a bunch of cartoon characters living in a house, and they had the uh, the Betty Boop analog, who was the the kind of. Black and white star whose whose time has long since come, and uh, yeah, that was the running gag was that she was fat and hideous and slutty.
1: It was a Fleischer cartoon, did Popeye. Fle- oh, okay. Fleischer did the original ones. Um, looking that up. Yeah, I think um, Jack Kirby uh, applied there. Like, he there's a I have a couple of your forearms
0: ears. aren't big enough, kid.
1: Yeah, I have a. That's where he just was like, all right, you want fucking? I'll put your make your fingers giant. <laughs> Um, he uh, these
0: dots around Popeye's head.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a book, one of the books I have on Kirby, uh, one of the many books I have on Kirby, Have has his uh, in betweens that he was doing for the Popeye, like when he auditioned to, to, try to, be, to try to get into there. Yeah, so yeah, Fleischer did some good stuff. He did those great Superman cartoons, yeah, he did cartoons. all the
0: Superman cartoons, and I
1: have all of those on uh, DVD, which is fantastic. <laughs> I remember showing my daughter in around Blu ray, not, the, Blu-ray. The, not uh, 35 millimeter, no, no, the um about the third episode like these bad guys are like robbing a bank and Lois notices so she gets in the trunk of their car so that she can see what their, where their hideout is and as she's getting in the trunk my then five year old daughter turns to me she's like is she just trying to get into trouble?
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. the woman that threw herself off of Niagara Falls.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to see if uh, and she and, and lived went over the lived. falls somehow lived uh, you know to, just to have didn't a even fire. have a barrel. No. No. First person to go over Niagara Falls was a woman. Um
0: first person to go over Niagara Falls intentionally.
1: Yeah, good point. Good point. I think plenty of people well and live I should say the first person to survive going over Niagara Falls. Um yeah, are we done with the, what were we talking about before? We pop I don't on. Remember. We were talking about uh, cult movies. We were talking about
0: Bugsy uh... uh, Malone was in there. There were some bizarro westerns. I don't. Yeah. We can't. Do you want to talk about the other our,
1: weeks weeks events? I saw Turbo Kid. Oh yeah, talk about Turbo Kid. Uh, so I, I to got it. to see Turbo Kid. I was turned weekend.
0: away because by the time I got there, it was sold out. Because I didn't realize that so many people wanted to see Turbo Kid.
1: Yeah, I went at noon, so you should go early, go often. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, took my kids to see Turbo Kid, which is, was also fucking amazing. Uh, my wife could not make it, um, so yeah. I uh, I sh- before we went to Turbo Kid, I showed my kids Kung Fury, which you know, see episode you know, twenty five, whatever the hell we talked about Kung Fury, just to kind of get them in the mood of that like VHS aesthetic. You know? Right. Um, and Turbo Kid is is similar but different. Uh, it's it's a lot more sincere. Like right. Like it's, it's a lot less slap. Yeah, that's what it seemed like from the preview. Was um, it was the same aesthetic, but it wasn't as silly uh yeah so it is mad max meets bmx bandits i mean and, and it's done in a very like like grindhouse mad max not like you know beyond thunderdome right. or, or i'd say it's uh, more the war, road warrior meets the second mad max meets uh bmx bandits and it's just done so earnestly uh and and so much love for all of that um that time period so it's a post-apocalyptic world, as is want to happen in, in VHS movies. Um, and uh, are
0: there any VHS movies that take place in a pre-apocalyptic world?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, like that kind of. I mean that that genre, I think, is always post-apocalyptic. Right. Like, I think that's part of the. I mean, I'm trying, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I
0: think we really should start referring to movies as pre-apocalyptic.
1: I think uh, you know something like it follows, you know, has that same kind of VHS aesthetic. But well, when we discussed it, it follows because it had that weird kind of timeless quality to it. Another world, uh, Days of Future Past kind of thing. Or
0: uh, but I just you know, like um, I think this new Ghostbusters movie is going to be a a good example of pre-apocalyptic.
1: Yeah, there we go. Um, So, uh, so yeah, it's you know, it's a typical story. There's uh, there's like good people trying to make it, and then there's scavengers, and the world is kind of you know turned on its head and. Uh, the, the one, the Turbo Kid is this, this kid who's very enthusiastic about comic books, uh, Turbo Rider comic books. And um, I don't want to give too much away because you need to see the movie. It's, it's right. amazing. Uh, he, um, he pairs up with a, uh, with a girl, uh, with an innocent. And um, they're just trying to make it. Uh, she gets kidnapped. He stumbles upon a Turbo Rider uh, spaceship. And gets the gear from the Turbo Rider. Uh, so he becomes Turbo Kid because he's not a very good Turbo Rider. Right. And uh, and goes on the warpath kind of to retrieve her, get his revenge. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, history that it turns out with him and Michael Ironside. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like the Drifter, the kind of Strider character, you know, uh, that's in there. I mean, it's got, it's basically, you know, a Lord of the Rings-esque story, but uh, it turns, but, you know, a lot sillier, um, you know, and, and the the violence in it is fucking amazing. Uh, everybody bleeds from every wound as if they were <laughs> under like 110 pounds of PSI uh, just their blood like their heart you know just and no matter where they're cut you know just leg wound it comes pouring out in this torrent stream of, of uh, movie blood that is fucking amazing uh, yeah the the, the um, you know the, the, the innocent is like uber innocent the gore is like uber gory the you know the the uh, stout-hearted young man is, you know, overtly stout. It's just everything turned up. Oh, his heart is so fucking it stout. It is beyond stout. It's, like, extra stout. It's, like, a Guinness extra stout. Like, you could, oh. you could so make a black and tan out of it. Aren't you sober? Uh, I am. I am. I do like me some Guinness, though. I mean, not I mean, not like now. I don't drink it, obviously. Right. But, um,
0: yeah, so... Uh, yeah, Cody's not here, so we can't drink beer on the podcast. And
1: again, um, like all of these movies that I've loved recently, it just it had a clear-cut vision... And it's stuck to it completely through the entire... Like, it doesn't unravel. It doesn't genre hop. It doesn't... uh, Oh, and now we're in a romance movie. Like, it it is all the movie. It starts out to be throughout the entire movie. And uh, does not let up. I
0: do enjoy a movie that can pull off a good genre hop.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're fun if they're done well. But a lot of times you know, you set up this sci-fi thing and then it just becomes a, you know, a chase movie or whatever, you know, and and, in the need, like, well, we didn't even get into the cool concepts about, you know, people inhabiting other people's bodies or whatever, you know, they don't really, they, uh, they kind of explore the area of this world enough. Uh, And honestly, there's still, there's still some realm that could, you know, because they do talk about, like, other lands, so there could, you know, they could easily crest the hill and it could become, you know, uh, a totally different And and, and
0: at any point, did they run into uh, Doctor Doom? Uh, they did not. Okay, because it did seem like uh, they lived on Doctor Doom's negative zone. They are kind of zero, well. There's or... an
1: acid rain has kind of stripped everything bare, which is why okay. it's so barren. And they do make reference to that. But but they could easily crest a hill and come into Logan's Run. Or they could no. crest the hill and you know come the into Forbidden Zone. Yeah, exactly. They, they anything could be over uh and, and honestly a planet
0: where apes evolved from turbo teens? Uh, this so, is
1: madness. So the uh yeah I mean yeah they could monkeys could be on the other side. It, it, anything could be on the other side. It would and and it would wouldn't seem out of place uh because of the, the world they're in. There's uh the main uh lieutenant I want to say like the 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 number two to the main bad guy to Michael Ironside right. is Zeus uh is the guy you see in the previews with the skull mask on never says a word his body language acting is fucking amazing okay. so much so that i looked him up i'm like who the fuck is this guy doesn't have a photo in his imd page has done a lot of like motion cap work for like oh, okay. uh, planet of the apes type right. movies and stuff and like of course that's the guy who does a great job at it fucking like you you sense his frustration you sense like his uh, eagerness you sense his like animosity like all of it comes through, all in body language, never utters a fucking sound. Like He doesn't even grunt or, you know, like, it's all just body language. He's fucking amazing. You know, he, he's as good a number two as Michael Ironside is a, a villain. Because a lot of times you get that in these kind of movies where the they get some big name, um, you know, actor. I'm trying to think of, uh, who was the guy in Caligula? Um,
0: oh, uh, Peter O'Toole? Yeah,
1: Peter O'Toole gets in there and just phones in his fucking performance. Right. Like, oh, well, we spent the money, so we have a marquee name. We're not going to direct the hell out of him because we only got him for four days, so we're just going to let him be in the pool and, and calling out concubines or whatever you know Peter O'Toole do, did in that movie. But, um, I mean, you get that in some – and then, like, the, the henchmen become more interesting because they're the ones who are more committed to actually putting performances because they want to get more work. And then they, they're not just cashing a paycheck. Uh, this guy is as good uh, – you know, Ironside does a great job as, as a villain, and then this guy keeps up with Ironside. And we all know how good Michael Ironside can be. That's right. like, fucking – just quintessential there are, there badass. Are, there are
0: sets all over the place that still have his dental records. Yeah,
1: exactly. In them. <laughs> the guy, fucking uh, from scanners from to scanners V to
0: V to uh, Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yeah,
1: the man is a fucking Olivia legend. A mega
0: code in the worst Hasidic costume ever.
1: Oh man, nobody's
0: I, seen a mega code. So. I,
1: the name sounds.
0: Uh... That was one of the first of the stealth Christian movies. Oh,
1: okay, I did not. See that was
0: that, actually yeah. post-apocalyptic. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But uh, I saw it in
1: a theater, not on VHS. Legitimate post-apocalyptic. Um, yeah. So uh, go check out Turbo Kid. Check it out when you can, dude. It's fucking. It's awesome. In POV right now. Uh, uh, POV or uh, excuse me
0: it should be pornographic it should be <laughs> yeah. on ppv right now i was only one letter off uh, and you had a world of it difference it should be an
1: hpv right now it's a little, <laughs> it's a little bumpy kind of contagious
0: i don't know if uh, turbo kid and P- POV is yeah. legal
1: uh, so anyway after like uh, after seeing the movie i literally just <coughs> followed everyone who made the movie like on twitter cuz i have to know what they do next cuz some right. someone's going to give them a chunk of change to do like a, a, another movie and this one was great for the money that they got and i think they did it in conjunction with uh, um, like a Canadian like Arts Council thing and the New Zealand Arts Council okay. thing, so they get a lot of like I think like government arts money behind them to do this thing, and it's uh, it no w-
0: new taxes for Turbo Kid. Yeah,
1: it was uh, it was kind of awesome, man. I really 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 enjoyed it. So uh, did that, and um, yeah, caught up on who, and that was in my weekend nerdiness. There was actually because um, we haven't done a little and
0: uh, too much OPP in a while. Oh yeah, I did. There yeah. was. Um, oh, you want to do yours, and then I'll. I'll, I'll...
1: Um I did a Movie Fighters which is Chris Sims and Matt Wilson's other podcast. They do um they do War Rocket Ajax and then monthly they do Movie Fighters where they watch a movie uh and then they beat it up or get beat up by it. So they they do like a little bit of uh, intro they talk about what the what to expect what they're hoping from then they literally sit and watch the movie together uh via Skype uh and then after the movie they again you know, they do running commentary during the movie obviously. That doesn't get recorded though and then it just it just jumps to them so you you get the before and the after from them and they okay. review the movie. Usually go break down what the movie is, and then uh, give you like a good points, bad points, and then like an overall review of it. Um, I was their first ever guest. Ooh, Um, yeah. So uh, episode fifty, we we watched uh, El Santo versus the Vampire Women, or Samson versus the Vampire Women, if you're American. Uh, We watched the dub version, which the dubbing was one of our chief low points. Um, But listen to the episode, check it out. War Rock, or I'm sorry, uh, Movie Fighters. uh, Matt Wilson, uh, Matt D. Wilson, and uh, Chris Sims. And, uh, yeah, so I got to, I got to sit on, on Skype and uh, and watch an El Santo movie, which... Oh, uh, twist your arm. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I've only seen snippets of it recently. I know I've seen it before, but I've only seen snippets of it recently when I was at um, Lucha Vavum. They, they play loops of, like, El Santo movies, and they do have the uh, El Santo and Blue Demon battle uh, Dracula and the Were- uh, Wolfman. Uh, that one comes on a lot uh, there, too, but this El Santo versus the Vampire Woman parts of it come up. And there are some fucking amazing parts in this movie. Uh, there's a cut of that movie. I'll, yeah, spoiler alert. If you, if you don't want to listen to the whole, you know, I'll, I'll sum up the the episode. Uh, there's a 35 minute cut of that movie that's fucking amazing. Uh, and, but but the movie's 90 minutes long. Right. <laughs> they do a lot of stuff twice, um, like, literally, like there's two of this, two of that, two of the, you know. So, um, but yeah, so I did that uh, for my other my OPP.
0: Um, um, I was just gonna comment. I, I was not on another podcast, but. Um... I was listening to uh, one of my favorite is uh, Comedy Film Nerds which is Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini and, all, and, and a guest we'll talk about Did uh, Chris Mancini
1: do the Pink Panther song?
0: No, that's Henry.
1: Oh, okay. Any relation?
0: Uh, I don't think so. All right. Uh, based, on, based, based on what I know of Chris Mancini he is not living on uh, Pink Panther money. <laughs> that's true. Um, but uh, they had on a guy named Adam Rifkin. Adam Rifkin has been a filmmaker for a long time and they talked about his first film which is a uh, a cult classic of mine that we we loved, or I loved, and I don't know how many of my other friends loved when it came out, uh, a film called *The Dark Backwards*. Have you ever seen familiar. this movie? I
1: don't know that I have. This Looked
0: is it um, it's Jud Nelson. Okay. And kind of you know post yes. post Rat Pack, not yeah, Rat, yeah. Rat Pack. And he is he and Bill Paxton are the sanitation workers. And Judd Nelson is a wannabe comedian, and he goes and does open mics and is horrible. And Bill Paxton plays accordion to la- instead of a rim shot. Oh, okay. And then he starts growing a third arm. Oh, yeah. As soon as he yes. starts growing the third arm, everybody wants a piece of him. Yes. And this is just, it is a hilariously dark and disturbing and just weird film. It's just filled, and it kind of has a weird John Waters meets Terry Gilliam vibe because it's all like. There's just this weird filth and depravity um I mean the filth from Gilliam just everything is, is, is nasty and disgusting and, and laced with trash and then John Waters kind of you know like Bill Paxton has this thing for uh, the BBWs we shall oh, say nice. the very BBWs <laughs> um and it has some great. Uh, it has some great uh, turns from um, uh, James. Kahn is the Doctor as one of the greatest. lambs. I'm sick and tired of you, Mama's boys, coming in here with every cut or scrape or third carb coming out of your back or something. <laughs> uh, Tracy Lords is his nurse. Oh, nice. And legal, so, Tracy uh, legal Tracy Lords. Legal Tracy Lords. Well, she didn't get naked, so I think any. And, and yeah. Okay. Um, we'll do a, we'll do an episode devoted to Tracy Lawrence.
1: Let's maybe not. <laughs> it's maybe
0: not. Um, yeah. So I just that uh, just kind of popped up in random, ran, uh, random. This was a, a cult film that I really liked. the uh, the, the filmmaker is working on something new with Gillette. Uh, that oh, sounds cool. amazing which is um, basically, I guess, the, the premise... I don't remember the name of the film now, but the premise is it's kind of a King of Comedy thing where this guy, Jillette, is is uh, stalks his, um, his favorite actress and kidnaps her and, uh, off the set of a movie and steals all of the footage, the existing footage of the movie, and then splices together that footage with new footage of him and, her, uh, and, and his kidnapped victim to make him the hero of the film, so the film that we are seeing is this final footage that he put together and his director's commentary. Oh, nice! So that sounds just dark and demented and fantastic. <laughs> um, if
1: I knew the name of it, hey, wait, I have a, uh, I have an internet device yeah. right here. Is see. there a way to steal footage from anybody? Um, you know, like it seems like that's all... yeah. You could probably
0: just make off with a hard drive or something.
1: It's got to be backed up to the cloud these days. Yeah, it's all on sure the clouds.
0: Um, I don't know. Well I mean there must be because how often do we see uh, you know Wolverine Origins a few years ago was leaked entirely on uh,
1: Yeah.
0: Well yeah, I mean there's a way to get it off a server, but is there a way director's to Director's Cut is the name of the film Oh, nice. With, uh, um with Pendulette. I think it was written and starring Pendulette, it should be coming out next year. It was entirely crowdfunded, oh, which is, is so. always nice. So look for that. I will look for that. Do um, we want to get into our actual topic? Yes, yeah, do that we've got, now. Yeah. We've got over 45 minutes. Are we at 45? Yeah, yeah we can do so 15 we, minutes we of can this. We do 15 minutes. Uh, we lost one of the greats this week. Um, director, writer, horror icon Wes Craven died at um, 76, I want to say. Yeah, age 76, of uh, brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And Wes, uh, I mean, Wes is, is best known for you know, two of the you know kind of back to back. Franchises that defined horror in their decades. In mean, the eighties, was more or less defined by the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and nineties horror was more or less defined by the Scream franchise.
1: Yeah, yeah, is that nineties horror? Um, yes, yeah, Scream was okay, late nineties, maybe early. Yeah, 2000s. yeah, I would say they're more of the two thousands thing, okay, but I guess it was still. late. Ni- yeah, let's not forget Music from the Heart. He didn't. He did. Uh, he had. Yeah, he had a very uh, odd career. He started
0: with. Um, he started with Last House on the Left, which was really the first one of the first torture porns, because I mean it wasn't a horror movie so much as a suspense. It was uh, these girls get raped by like a, a, a gang of hippies, and then all of their family gets revenge on the hippies quite gratuitously. Yeah,
1: it's kind of I Spit on Your Grave. Yeah, a, a little. Well, little it's kind of weird
0: because it's it's almost the same premise as Nightmare before uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah, yeah. But. Um, you know, without the supernatural, you know. Whereas you know the the Nightmare on Elm Street could almost be a sequel to Last House on the Left. This is, you know, you molested kids, we murdered you. Now you're on the hunt for revenge. I
1: think they changed Freddy in the first movie to child murderer. He was a child murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think the molested uh, part came later. Jack
0: Earle, yeah, insisted uh, on that in the sequel. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to be method, so let's go with molestation. <laughs> You also did the, the Hills Have Eyes. The Hills Have Eyes, which I never really cared for, but that is very uh, popular. Recently, right? They made that, remade that yeah, I'm remade like that, yeah, again in the 2000s. Um, the Hills Have Eyes is great because uh, the, the the kind of iconic movie cover starring... Um, I know his name is Michael Berryman, but most people know him as the guy with the
1: head. He's the dude from... Uh, from Weird Science. Weird Science, yeah. yeah. If you could not mention this, I would hate for it to affect my teaching job. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I mean, he and he's done a bunch of stuff, but he was kind of like a, you know, a Tor Johnson or a Rondo Hatton in earlier years, where it was just he was kind of known by his odd and striking. And he wasn't <laughs> yeah, going yeah. to be playing Hamlet. He's like the. He was uh, going to be playing the thug. Who, who,
1: yeah, who was the dude from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and uh, Better Off Dead? And uh, he was one of the Johns in uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, um. Also, weird looking dude who. Uh, oh, no, I know who you're talking about. He's, um. Vincent Chiavelli. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy. He's he's in that kind of ilk. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but he, you,
0: whereas Vincent Chiavelli just kind of is weird and creepy and could be, you know, creepy accountant or where, you know, Michael Berryman is just hulking with this deformed head so he can really only play the monster, Mm -hmm. which I think he was fine with. Um... He also did. Uh, Wes Craven also did, um, wrote, and directed the Swamp Thing.
1: Yeah, the, the uh, Adrian Marlowe one. Yeah,
0: yeah, the earliest of uh, DC. You know, after Superman. The was it before? Of, no,
1: it was eighty-two. It was 82 right, yeah. So it
0: was after Superman, but it was before Batman.
1: Yeah. So it was
0: the second of the DC adaptations, which uh, seems to get forgotten about.
1: Uh, Eighty-four, we have uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think we can't underestimate the impact of Nightmare on Elm Street and we, the, we the really way can. that. I mean, because we you take. Horror movies had been um, weird morality tales. I want to say, right. like you know, like I mean, in the scream movies, they talk about how the good girls, like in uh, in Halloween, she she right. doesn't have sex, so she lives. The virgins always live, like that. That trope had persisted, um, and uh, there was a certain safety in being good. And Nightmare on Elm Street uh, diverged, diverges from that. Like now, it, now it's these are all innocents. Like these aren't right. kids who he's not going after the parents. He's hurting them, and he's hurting the people who killed him in a way that, that's really going to affect them. They they get to live with their dead, with kids that died because of their actions. Although, if I
0: remember correctly, the survivor, at least of the first one, was the
1: virgin. She was, I suppose. uh, Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I get the sense that her and Johnny Depp may have. But it was it was
0: definitely impactful because up until that time, the the horror of the slasher genre was really kind of a, a. Low tech, low grade. As a dude with a trademark weapon, yeah. hacking people coming after this, you. Yeah, this brought in the supernatural or fantastical element to it. Yeah, I mean, there's added...
1: so it's it's scary on on so many great levels. I mean, this is uh, you know this is someone coming after you for something you didn't do. So right. you have no idea like why they're coming out, and it's coming after you in a way that you can't avoid. You have to sleep. You know, I mean, that's one of the the bigger uh, points in the movie. The first one especially is is like you have to you have yeah. to sleep. By the way, eventually. You know? Yeah, um, and he's going to be there.
0: And it was also, I think, pretty significant because that was really that was really bringing the camp element in. Yeah, because the, you know Freddie, and maybe more so the sequels. Than yeah, the original. yeah.
1: The first one, it really is the third one. You know, the uh, you know the Jaja Gabor, uh, right? <laughs> that's where he really gets funny. The first one, he barely speaks. Like he only has like five or six he lines. speaks yeah a little bit but yeah. um i'm your boyfriend now yeah, yeah. i guess it, yeah it's a little goofy
0: i'm sorry uh hopefully my tongue did not extend into yeah the, podcast. It, the
1: microphone <laughs> didn't become a, a fit fa- yeah but uh and he only did the first one the second one is is fucking terrible and then the third one is where is probably one of the better ones but i i have a um a real affinity for the first one because my friend got a bootleg vhs of that in like 85 i want to say and like uh in the Colors were all shifted. So everything red was like this weird magenta. (laughs) So all of the blood was like, like Pepto Bismol, like everywhere. Like the scene where Johnny Depp gets pulled into the. I never seen, I hadn't seen that in real color until I was like in my 20s. Uh, To me, it was always this, this. Giant upside down Pepto Bismol bottle that was just spewing <laughs> everywhere because that was the pink that it was. And, and we watched that movie until the tape ran out. Nightmare on Elm
0: Street was the first R rated movie that I ever snuck into as a kid. And also, other than Star Wars, was the and, and up until Mad Max Fury Road was the only movie I'd seen in the theater multiple times because nice. I, I really liked that. Yeah, um, yeah, let's just quickly go over. Um, you know, th- so the '80s he was pretty much dominated by him doing Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. He was in the uh, Fat Boys. Are
1: you ready for Freddy Did video, he uh... did not realize that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the. Um, let's see. Did he? He only did the first Nightmare though, right? Um, he did I think the characters. He did it for yeah,
0: a couple. Um, no, he, he only he only, he only just directs
1: just characters. Okay? Yeah, he directs the first. He night. did the story for number three. Yeah, but he didn't direct it. He didn't direct it. Uh, in 1989, reference. one of my one of my uh, favorite movies that he did, uh, Shocker. Shocker. Fucking horse I pinker. I say, Shocker <laughs> is fantastic. And then it's followed by uh, People
0: Under the Stairs, which yeah. is another fantastically just over-the-top cheeseball horror. Um, yeah, Shocker cannot be. And it's funny because the guy that was uh, so over-the-top crazy is the villain in Shocker Went on to become assistant district uh, assistant director Skinner in uh, the X Files. Yeah, yeah, like and was also uh, uh, the, I du- that he's, the Duker in Three o'clock High. Yeah,
1: yeah, I love that he's worshiping the TV in the beginning before that. You know, like that that imagery alone was like, oh, that's such a great commentary on on the on our society now, like how plugged into technology we are. It, making a commentary back in '89 about it, how plugged in everybody was. Right.
0: And then let's see. And then you know, through, throughout the uh, the eighties and nineties. He did
1: do Vampire in Brooklyn. I think we have to uh, we maybe,
0: have to acknowledge that. that that's the so, thing that happened.
1: But then he did Scream, Scream Two, Scream, Scream Three, 2, Scream
0: Three, Scream uh, Four. Some Hills Have Eyes remakes. Uh, yeah. Something called uh, the Last House on the Left remake. Oh yeah, that had uh, Pulse that I've never heard of.
1: Um, which one? When did Pulse come out? Pulse was 2006. Oh, there was a movie called Pulse that came out in the 80s that was really good. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it was like this weird p- Pulse went through everything and like the appliances started kind of coming along. A little Maximum Overdrive-ish but a little more uh, Demon Seed meets right. Maximum Overdrive, I want to say. Um, you ever see the Demon Seed where the robot's trying to get the girl pregnant? A million years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he, he just wrote that. Uh, what were we saying? Maximum Overdrive. Uh, shit, I don't remember. He did yes. Red Eye, Pulse, Scream. Um, oh, Deadly
0: Friend. I like guess uh, that was her oh
1: the um, Last House on the Left had uh, Sarah Paxton in it she she uh, oh. she's great I love that girl
0: he directed a 1986 episode of Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color I want to yeah. know
1: how that happened
0: <laughs> does well, it they probably just needed a director
1: no, probably not yeah, the guy did some really good stuff. I mean, I liked... Uh, he did some
0: stuff for the, 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 the reboot of The Twilight Zone in the 80s. The Serpent and the Rainbow. The Serpent and the
1: Rainbow is classic. Did he direct that, or he, he wrote directed it? directed that. Really? Hold on a sec. Why? Yeah, Serpent and the Rainbow was... Someone made a reference to that last night. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. That's Bill Pullman, kind of as good as Bill Pullman gets. Yeah,
0: no, that's a that's a fantastic movie. Um, Red Eye, which I think was a Jodie Foster movie, was it not? I think that was the one where... Cillian Murphy
1: and... Uh, it's
0: not the one where her uh, her kid disappears off the plane? No,
1: that was a different one. Um, this one was uh, Rachel McAdam okay. and uh, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy and Brian Cox. Yeah, yeah. Brian Cox, the original Hannibal actor. God bless you, Brian Cox. <laughs> yeah, <it> guys guys <laughs> has done some good stuff. We man.
0: here at uh, Cult of Popture wish to endorse Cox. Yeah, I'm pro-Cox. I'm pro-Cox. I'll be... Uh, Never mind. So anyway, yeah, uh, do that?
1: and just a guy who wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't super serious. I mean, he did, he was serious about the stuff he did, but he wasn't that guy who needed he, to he be the horror director. Like, because
0: he 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 showed up in, um, I think a Kevin uh, Jan Silent Bomb Strike Back. playing oh, yeah. himself, like kind of mocking himself.
1: Oh yeah, so Gus Van Sant does too, where he's just yeah. counting money. Yeah, yeah, uh, like that's I mean. the, that's the thing I liked about him. Like that that I don't take this too seriously. Like, he's not Clive Barker, you know what I no. mean? He's not like I don't need to be creepy in my off hours.
0: And he seemed. I mean, yeah. And one of those guys where you've never heard anything from him, so I'm guessing that he he seemed to have a pretty decent life. Yeah, you know, he was he was, he was he a, act cool out. enough
1: to work for Disney. They he were was, like, yeah, let's get us a director. What's, he was uh, what's know, fairly did? successful. It's
0: probably a really boring biography. Wes Craven made some movies, was yeah. successful,
1: invested in real estate, did had a bullshit. lovely family. I think uh, you know I remember just what a big cultural phenomenon Freddy Krueger became. That he had his own TV show. You know, right. Like, uh, Damn, yeah, he was here.
0: in like every every music uh, musician because there were so many. You know, there was Nightmare on on my street and um, yeah. the Fat Boys the, did one and was uh, Nightmare on my street was what Fresh Prince and uh, Jesse Jeff? I think so. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah and, and he was you know he was uh, you know kids would dress up as him as. Uh, as West Craven um, for Halloween. As West Craven for Halloween. That's what an obscure costume. Yeah. <laughs> and who are you? Oh, I'm uh, just I'm just as depressed as I'm dressed as depression. The yeah. concept of uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, the blues. All right, man. So I think that uh, wraps it up. Uh, so you just know, about. rest in peace, West Craven. Well, one
0: other one other thing that we wanted I wanted to mention um, news items was uh, you heard about Idris Elba. No. Okay, well, the guy, I don't remember his name now, the guy who was writing, who was the, the Fleming, the Ian Fleming, um,
1: uh, ghostwriter? Uh, account.
0: Okay. Uh, not account, uh, estates, uh, selected guy to be writing new James Bond mo- uh, novels. Mm-hmm. One on record is saying he did not think Idris Elba would be a good, uh, casting for James Bond because Idris Elba was, quote, too street. Quote. Ooh. Damn. Um, shots fired which is sad but oddly because I think think Idris Elba would be a great Idris Elba is a fantastic actor my
1: only concern about him is that he's a bit old like I, I kind of I feel like he's got two three movies in him you know because we're really only I getting, think that was one of the yeah the, we're really only getting Craig who's fucking great but we're, you right. know, we're getting three movies out of him four you know, but Roger
0: Moore did uh, wait, he James did, Bond uh,
1: movies did. into like his 90s yeah I know but we need to not do that again <laughs> uh, Roger Moore was like super you don't want to see a
0: 107 year old James when he's Bond.
1: Uh, kissing what's her name and view to a kill he's like oh god Grace Jones yeah no the uh, the uh, uh, Tanya Roberts Tonya Roberts yeah there you go That's the play wait um so, yeah, we, we got Cas- We got Casino Royale. We got uh, Quantum Paul Silas. Skyfall. Skyfall and Spectre's Spectre coming yeah, out. Yeah, so we're getting four I'm movies out of credit. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, Batista looks fucking awesome in it. Uh, Christoph Waltz looks great in it. Um, even the creepy Denmark guy, whatever the hell his name is. Um, so, I mean, we get four movies. I, I, would, I would like to see a guy we could get, you know, maybe six out of, would be fantastic. Daniel Radcliffe. Um, that is not a bad idea, but I think he's a little small. He's a little, like he's little fit, small, yeah. But he's like, I think he's shorter than I am. I think he's like 5'5 five five or something. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, you know, like, we need a guy who can... Willow be- Smith. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my only, you know, because uh, Idris Elba is like, you know in his 40s like right he's like mid 40s I think he's a little older than me Yeah yeah so 29 so, 30 Yeah exactly so you know we only get like maybe 2 3 movies yeah, out of him Um yeah we just love someone that we could uh, we could really um you know hang on for a few more movies from but I'd love I still fucking I love Giuseppe I wow. mean he elevates movies you know everything that he's in he just elevates you know like as, shit as a... that could be dumb Sounds great coming from
0: him. As it turns out, this is not the first time that uh, he's been turned down for a movie for, for not being exactly what they were thinking of. Oh, Idris so, Elba? So- uh, yeah. So, oh, we're not let's doing let's James Bond replacements? No, we're doing okay. uh, Why Did Idris Elba Lose roles? Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, he was going to be cast as Harry Potter, but he was too old.
1: Yep, yeah, I-, I can see that. Uh,
0: he was going to be cast as Dumbledore, but he was too young. <laughs> It's going to be cast as Bilbo Baggins. I thought you were going to Because he was too tall. Oh, gotcha. It's going to be cast as Gypsy Danger, but he was too short. Mm. Uh, he was going to be cast as Hodor, but too vocal. Uh, he was going to be cast as Thor, but uh, too heimdallish. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be cast as Doctor Who, but not wibbly-wobbly enough.
1: Mm. Or nor timey-wimey enough.
0: Uh, yeah, Exactly uh he he had he got called back from Mad Max but he just kept driving on the wrong side of the road <laughs> um they wanted him to to be easy but ironically not street enough
1: oh yeah a little too tall i would say as well um,
0: yeah and then um they also called him in to to be in the uh that that Margaret Thatcher biography but uh he wasn't street enough <laughs>
1: That should have been your number one, man. And,
0: of course, they wanted him to be Man of Steel, but uh, they had to turn him down because he was too knowledgeable about the character.
1: Oh, damn. Okay, that's good.
0: Uh, so, that uh, ends another exciting episode of the Cult of Popture. Jason, uh, excuse
1: mean me. You Jay Gonzo, this guy right here.
0: <laughs> Voice that is not mine. Where can we find you? Uh, I'm upcoming, still at
1: CastleAndKeyPublications.com, jaygonzodesigns.com. I don't have shows coming up that I know of. I, I'm going to be doing uh, Comedy on Fire. I just have to get the actual date on that. Uh, um, September Comedy on Fire? I think it's going to be the October one. Oh, okay. And then I also have, maybe September. I don't know. I'll, I'll know more maybe next week. I got a message, Matt. And then I also... Um,
0: well, the lineup for September is already up. Okay, so then I'm probably be...
1: going to be October. Uh, I'm going to be in um, uh, Tucson Comic Con in the beginning of November. Oh, okay. Uh, it's like around the 4th, 5th-ish somewhere.
0: Are you, you actually... I'm set up. Getting a booth?
1: I am. I have a booth, so I'll be at Tucson Con. Right on. Uh, I may be down at Sabo Ten. I might drop by there tomorrow. I
0: was gonna, say. But well, but this will drop, this tomorrow. Will drop yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. I'm, I'm not. Right. I'm just hanging out. I'm, I'm not. Out. Not. Wouldn't go anywhere near there. Really? I'm not. I'm not a, like the, the anime. I'm not an anime don't like guy. Like the manga. Um, mostly don't like. Don't the children. like the
1: cosplay. Well,
0: because the, well, the cosplay is creepy. Because it's. I don't you like and, me good, I, don't, I, I don't like sexy fourteen year olds. I don't
1: like olds. me a good. Uh, you know. Cutie honey cosplay is, is always a good thing.
0: If it's if it if, if it's above eighteen, I'm in. All right, but it's not. Yeah, that was my. Um, I went to first Friday uh, two nights ago, and and it just kept going. Kind of, Excuse me, ma'am, are you eighteen? Because I plan on eyeball fucking you for the rest <laughs> of the night.
1: To which you heard a lot of no's.
0: Yeah. Well, that was an, in, an inside voice. Oh, gotcha. Because. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be that creepy. I'd like to keep the creepiness on the inside.
1: Yeah, that's where most people are.
0: Or at least on the podcast, where I know no one will know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the three people listen to this. All right, where can everyone find you? Uh,
0: I will be performing at Third Space on September 17th. And I will be performing at Jokebot, which is a new show that is going to be debuting at the Film Bar on September 19th. All right. Uh, that will be my first ten minute set ever, replacing my first ten minute set on Friday that I didn't get to Who's do. Who's running that show? Uh, I believe it's uh, Mickey McCormick. It's the the guy okay. who uh, he used to run the door at Film Bar. No, I think he's bar back or okay. bar. I Got don't know you. exactly. They all seem to be all things to all people.
1: Um, film Bar is all things to all. People. Film
0: Bar is all things to all people.
1: Yeah, if you live in the Phoenix area, check out the Film if Bar. If you
0: haven't been to the Film Bar yet, you're just wrong. Yeah. Film bar is pretty. Cool. I mean, I I will go in there on first Friday and just to hang out because they always it's always chill. They have, um, you know, the, I, I really like the music that they play. They tend to play music that falls into, e- even I mean, a lot of times they'll do the '80s and '90s alternative, but they also do kind of world jazz and they they, they always seem to know what I like and they play what I like. And they have uh, they have fairly clean bathrooms, so that's always kind of my. Uh, First Friday, go in and, and use their bathroom and buy a drink, so I don't have to use a porta potty. There you go, well, insider tip.
1: There you go.
0: Uh, that or possibly insider TMI.
1: Meh. Meh. Yeah. Meh. I say meh. 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 I say, right. say meh to this episode. I didn't put my glasses. So
0: uh, oh.
1: I didn't realize I brought them with me to not put them on. <laughs> They're filthy. Oh, let's.
0: There we go. Okay. Well, Don't now that you now. have, now that you have your glasses on, all right, on. start over. <laughs>
1: so you're listening to episode 55,
0: 58? I identify as fifty-eight. Yeah, but, right.
1: yeah. <laughs> call back.
0: Um, yeah. All right, everybody. Well, you want you, uh, now that you've got your glasses on, you want to end it? Sure. Uh, as always, insert catchphrase here.